When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Don't sleep on the pumpernickel. I've never don't, had it. Don't sleep on the pumpernickel, right, Smalls. I'm telling right. you, get involved. I trust you. You put me on the pop bagels, I'm putting you on the pumpernickel. Okay. Like a, a good loaf exactly. of pumpernickel? Exactly. All right. I thought we all agreed on marble rye. No one no. likes rye. You liked marble rye, Cece. I don't like anything about rye. I don't like rye bread. I don't like rye New York. I don't like anything. I'm all out on rye. Rye New York. I don't like anything about rye. I'm all set on rye. <laughs> the town's listening going, what? <laughs> Cece's going to end up moving to rye one day. It's so obvious. <laughs> Let me tell you what we ain't going to do. <laughs> yeah, you'll see. It is on Sports with Like here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU, where people have said I look like Forrest Gump today. <laughs> Uh, the ESPN wow. app, SiriusXM80, and, of course, all across our great ESPN radio stations across the country, which are all carrying the baseball. So good job by you guys out there. Game twos today between the Rangers and Rays, Blue Jays and Twins, Diamondbacks, Brewers, and Marlins and Phillies. We saw the game ones yesterday. Can the- I say this? Yeah. I love being able to go home and turn on the TV and get playoff baseball. You have no idea. Like, I, I love the fact that like, I can go home and we got playoff baseball early in the afternoon, like the intensity of it. Like, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm a football fan first and foremost, but I will say this, like in, in terms of its totality, the entirety of it, playoff baseball, it, it's up there. It's up there. Like, I mean, the NBA playoffs, like you get those first couple of rounds in the NBA playoffs – not really competitive games, like you know who's going to win. But in the baseball playoffs, even in the wild card round, anything can happen. And you get to go home, and it's on early in the afternoon when you get home. Man, I love that. I love Tampa it. Tampa was home yesterday for the playoffs. They didn't, feel, didn't feel like they were home. No, no, I mean the people actually stayed home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they, the they had 19,704 oh, wow. at that building yesterday in Tampa for the Rays and the Rangers. The Rangers win that game 4 nothing. It is the smallest postseason non-COVID crowd since 1919. The 1919 World Series, which is just a remarkable stat, especially considering baseball had a big rise this year in attendance. Mm-hmm. You have a Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern game yesterday, and the, the fandom has become a theme. There were no fans there basically in Tampa. You got the Twins yesterday getting their first playoff win since October of 2004. They had an 18-game losing streak. Their rookie, Royce Lewis, had two homers in that game. And after their game, their manager, Rocco Baldelli, credited the crowd for the victory. The, the ballpark, I think, was a great representation today of how the, the community here feels about, feels about us and, and what we do. It was, I thought the place was going to split, split open and melt, like honestly. Like it was out of this universe, out there on the field. The fans took over the game. They helped us win today. They helped us win the game, and they helped us... In, in so many ways out there. You could see it if you're just visually watching and, and seeing how the players were reacting on the other side of the field. It's, it's the energy, but it's actually a challenging environment to play in right now. Well, obviously it helped them yesterday. The Brewers lose to the, the Diamondbacks after being up 3 nothing in that game. 
Speaking of fans, Marlins man, the guy who's at every game basically all <laughs> over the country for all sports in that orange Marlins jersey, did not go to the Marlins-Phillies game. He went to the Brewers and the Diamondbacks, and his team, the Marlins, lose to the Phillies last night 4-1 behind Zach Wheeler, who was great for them. But again, Trey Turner talking about the crowd in Philly versus what obviously other teams have. Let's take a listen. It's definitely home field advantage. I think, uh, you know, it's been electric all year. They've showed up all year for us uh, since game one, but and the postseason's turned up a notch, and it puts pressure on those guys to uh, throw strikes and play defense on the other side and, and the little things, and I think, um, you know, those are taken for granted, and uh, our fans give us that advantage. So it's fun playing here. Tonight was electric, and looking forward to it tomorrow again. Okay, this is an interesting theme that randomly developed. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like we sat here saying, okay, let's think about game ones for the MLB postseason. What's going to be a theme? Yeah. But you've got Trey Turner saying that's Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter. You've got nobody showing up to the Rays. You've got Baldelli unsolicited saying, hey, the fans are the reason we won a game finally. Can this matter that much? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it felt palpable watching that Marlins-Phillies game last night and having the players talk about it and even the broadcasters talk about it. The version of Zach Wheeler that we saw last night, I mean, this guy was pumping fastballs in there. He had nine fastballs that were clocked between 97 and 99 miles per hour. Those were the hardest pitches that he's thrown all year, and you're talking about a guy with 200-plus strikeouts on the season. So the fact that you could see he was amped up by the crowd, I think there's something tangible when it comes to the difference that the crowd and the environment can make. Now, you brought up Marlins, man. It's probably safer for him at Brewers Diamondbacks than it was for him <laughs> at the Phillies game, given all the fans that were in that park and That's knowing right. how Philly sports fans get down. Shout out to Pat Costello's people. But, yeah, I, I think it actually matters when you have that kind of environment, that kind of intensity, and then you have the fans fully engaged in that. Like, I, I think it sets the stage to bring out the best version of those players, and that's a great thing for baseball. CC, you're a player. You know this. You know how energy is transferable. You know yeah. when the crowd has a certain type of energy that it transfers over to you as a player. I've covered a lot of postseason baseball, Bush Stadium, and notoriously packed, uh, the BFIB, the best fans in baseball, as they're called. Oh, okay. uh, they bring it every time that there's a postseason game and you talk to any of those players and it's something that they carry with them. You already have adrenaline and nerves and you want to meet the moment. But when you go out there and you hear that buzz of the crowd and you feel that energy, especially like we saw in at Target Field and in Philly yesterday, that stays with you throughout the entirety of the game. You are amped up from the first pitch until the final out. And if you're Tampa Bay, that's something that you don't have. And I wonder, guys, if they, I mean, I know all the games are at home in this round, but if they were to go, you know, to another ballpark, if they're like, man, we have FOMO. This is how it's supposed to oh, be. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm jealous. For sure. Yeah, but for could sure. it actually help them? It, this is going to sound ridiculous, but would the Rays be better off playing on the road at the Rangers because at least they could feel some sort of electricity in that. Like, do you think it's that extreme? I think there's less of a chance that you're flat like they were yesterday. I mean, they were awful yesterday. Because you have villains in the crowd. They had the four errors. Tyler Glass now, who's usually money, didn't pitch well yesterday. The guy had five walks, including two to lead off the, what was it, the sixth inning? And that ended up being two tack-on runs for the Rangers. So those types of things probably don't happen if your team is locked in, if they're dialed in. And it was clear that Kevin Cash didn't have his crew locked in, and that's something that's uncharacteristic for him. So when it comes to postseason baseball, we know that there's very little margin for error, but the crowd helping to set the stage, helping to create that environment, that intensity, 
for lack of a better term, that urgency within the locker room or at the clubhouse, I think it actually does make a difference in terms of team performance. I mean, you want to win for yourself, of course, because it's everything that you work for in your family, and you want to win for the guys in the clubhouse. But when you you mean to tell me that those Philly players, when they stepped out on that field last night and they looked around at the crowd and they looked at all of these people and how intense and and, and passionate they were, that they aren't like, we got to win it for these people. These people care. They care so much. This is such a huge part of their lives. You feel like you're bigger than something outside of yourself. And that matters. It really does. You guys can be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. And you guys can weigh in as to whether or not you think it matters this much. Like when you buy a ticket to a game, and you go to a game, are you going there thinking, I am going to make a difference? That like People like us, that we go to that game as fans, and we're going to be loud, and we're going to be intense, and we're going to heckle in an appropriate way, where we're not talking about family or inappropriate language, that we are going to get under there, or I am going to get into CC's skin, that I'm going to sit there, <laughs> if I'm a Pats fan, like, I don't, I guess I don't ever think that, but it seems like the people out there in the Unsportsmanlike Nation at 888-SAY-ESPN and the Dr. Pepper call-in line probably feel like, I'm spending a hundred bucks per ticket just to annoy number 99 in the Giants. Yeah, and I will tell you that it's probably money well spent because as a former player, I know that the crowd and how they react and their energy level impacts how we feel on those sidelines. It impacts what happens out there in between the white lines. It absolutely does. Think about this. As a former defensive player, if I'm at home, I want my home crowd to be juiced up and to be into it. Make it hard for the offense to hear the snap count. Make it hard for quarterbacks and receivers to have those adjustments that they make at the line of scrimmage. All of those things give me a competitive advantage. That's the value of having fans there. So I do think it it absolutely makes a difference, and it was clear that it was on display at Citizens Bank Park in Philly last night. What would be better for you as a player to motivate you more in game? Is it the neutral site, which in essence Tampa is, like where the no, kind of no. or being booed? No, no, I, I You'd like rather it. be booed. I'd rather be booed. Like neutral site in the Super Bowl, that's all cool, but the crowd. It's, it, again, it's not the same type of environment. So like, you'd hate playing in Tampa I, I don't as a like, home I don't like neutral site games. I would hate what happened in Tampa yesterday. I would much prefer to go into Philadelphia as bad as their fans have are. Batteries and I, thrown yeah, at you? Yeah, exactly. Snowballs, all of the things. I'd rather have, have people throwing beers at us coming out of the tunnel. I would rather that and have the opportunity as a visiting player to shut the home crowd up. I would rather have that opportunity and feel that energy than to not have any kind of energy at all. It's all about motivating factors, no right? Doubt. Whether, no doubt. Whether your motivation is to do it for the fans in the stand and the city that you represent or to play the villain and go into somebody else's house and ruin their day. People love that. But, People but small, love small, it. That's a great point by you. I mean, that's the thing. Like, in a regular season or in any, any kind of se- in competition, it's hard to be at your best at all times. Like, the season is long. You're talking about guys doing this five, six months. It's long. It's physically it takes, demanding. It's physically demanding. You're Like, you need those little things in order to get you up to be dialed in, to be locked in, to be focused. Now, people are saying, well, it's postseason baseball or it's postseason football, whatever the sport. You shouldn't need that. Yeah, you do. You need those things sometimes as a player. That's why coaches have bulletin board material. They, they need things. Things that can be external motivation for their players because they realize how hard it is, the psychology behind trying to compete and win a championship. It's a long process. It takes a lot. And if you can have one little thing to hold on to, 
like going into a stadium and having your fans cheer for you the way that they cheered for the Phillies last night or going into a stadium and have fans boo you the way that we did when we used to go play the Eagles down the turnpike, those things make a difference in terms of what version of the team, what version of the individual player shows up. We always talk about momentum, too, and the fans can give that for you. I've I've watched a couple really big moments in St. Louis sports in the David Freeze game and the Pat Maroon game with the Blues, and those were both game sixes. And after that, we're like, there's no chance. There's no chance that the Cardinals lose the next game. And part of that's the energy of the crowd. I get it. The counter to all of this is like, how did the race win at all then? Because they're in the playoffs every single year, and I guess they are just the anomaly. But as we see this today and listen to this today, and it's going to be on 3 p.m. Eastern time here on ESPN Radio, the Rangers and Rays. 20,000, I'll put the over-under for attendance. Do you think that the fans and all the people in Tampa are motivated by all the trash everyone is now talking about? Like, are you kidding? They have not had the be- the good attendance since 1919? Oh, come on. They don't care at all. You th- no. you think that that's going to motivate them? No. If, if game one of a playoff series wasn't enough to motivate them, you think us on, on Sportsmanlike pointing out the fact that they weren't there, they're going to be like, let me buy a ticket. Yes, and I know. Cross the bridge no. and get there. No way. Well, they, 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 they were, they were the 13th in attendance in the American League. They ain't but 15 teams. Like, it's bad. <laughs> it's as bad as it gets. You, you either care and you make it a point to be there or you don't. You don't care what anybody says. James in St. Paul listening on ESPN 1500 in Minnesota. What's up, James? Hello. Hello, James. Yeah, I wanna I wanna call in uh, and talk about the. Uh... Uh, I, I guess James ain't, James ain't doing much talking, yeah, but I mean, well, they, got, they, they got a lot to celebrate up that way, though, don't yeah, they? That's right. No, no, I mean, he is there. He is guys, there. Yeah. So I was at the game yesterday. That place was rocking. It was so loud. You could tell the fans were hyped up. Royce Lewis hit the second homer. He's a rookie of the year, man. He's so good. He has carried this team, and he has been a big energy. I mean, the fans in Minnesota, first playoff win, we were 0 18. That was huge. James, how old are you? you what, what a good analyst. You're an MLB analyst. How old are you? 13. 13 years old, and you were at the game yesterday. Now, did did you go to school yesterday, or did you? What, how did you handle this from a uh, from an attendance perspective? Yeah, I went to school. Okay, you did go. So you went to school and then went to the game after. That's a heck of a day. That's good a parenting. great day. Yeah, good that's parenting. a great day. That's now, great are you going to go back to game two today? No. No, okay, you're done. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if it, they, can't get, it can't get any better. So like, James, he recognizes this is the height of heights. Like, I know they're going to move forward. Like, But the fact that they have exercised the demons in Minnesota, this fan base is excited uh, about it. Can you imagine getting coffee today in Minnesota? Oh, it's great. Oh, you're it's you're great. looking around. You're high-fiving yeah. everybody. You're like, we've yeah, done it. Yeah. Jimbo, <laughs> Jimbo pointed out that Royce Lewis got that big, bad energy. Look at him. Back, listen, think about this, man. This is a guy that hadn't played the last two weeks because of a hamstring injury, was just pumped to be on the post. Postseason roster and hits two and hits two home runs in his first two plate appearances in the postseason. So only the third player to do that in baseball history. So I mean, a lot to celebrate in Minnesota. They exercised the demons. They got a first overall pick from a few years ago that's actually playing like a first overall pick, and that was the reason why they won the game yesterday. I have to say this though, James, if they lose today, that's on you. You got to then go to game three. If they lose, you got to put it on James, the 13-year-old in Minnesota. If they lose. That's a lot of pressure for a 13-year-old. Sorry. He's a good luck. Hey, guess what? They had not won a playoff game since 2004, and James, the 13-year-old, showed up. Better show up for a game three. Yep. Coming up, could your tush 
get hurt being pushed next on Sportsmanlike. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Hard to believe that my Giants suck. (laughs) I guess you're not saying the Giants are a hot ticket right now. Hot Ticket is brought to you (laughs) by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Hot tickets all across Major League Baseball. Well, tickets available in Tampa. Uh, but the Twins and the Blue Jays, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Marlins, Phillies, all today on ESPN Radio. Game number two for your hot ticket there brought mm. to you by Vivid Seats. So I just want to discuss the evolution of the conversation around the tush push or the brotherly shove, however you want to look at it, relative to the new play, which is probably not that new, but it's being used a ton more in the NFL of basically the QB sneak with a little pushing behind that the Philadelphia Eagles now use better than anyone, and Jalen Hurts is the king of it with that team. We discussed it weeks ago on the show, a couple of weeks ago on the show, like, hey, this is now a thing. And I brought up the idea of maybe the NFL possibly outlawing it. The initial thought process as to the why behind it, for me at least, was they normally outlaw things that come off as a certainty, i.e. the short extra point they move it back. CeCe brings up the idea, maybe they do that, but I think it's more likely they do that because of player injury and player safety. Then Nuno, our producer, says, this is the dumbest play ever because it only actually works for one team, Mm -hmm. and everyone else stinks at it. Well, now, to further the story... Jordan Ronan, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Giants reporter for yep. ESPN.com, mm-hmm. has a report today that the Giants were not only unsuccessful with their attempt at the tush-push on Monday night against the Seahawks, that in your mind ended the season, CC for your former team, but that the rookie center John Michael Schmitz and tight end Daniel Bellinger left the game because they got hurt during the tush-push for the Giants and I guess they didn't practice it or anything like that. they just like, hey, let's just try this. And not only did it fail... Two guys got hurt on it. Can you imagine running that play and you haven't even practiced it at all? Does that happen? Well, how, how do you, do you practice do that? that play, though? 
That's the thing. Like, like that's Peyton a, that's and Eli a, said, you got to make sure you get the hand. Yeah, but you can't really, cheek. you can't really practice that. Like, think about it. Like, it's almost like goal line because you don't want to. You, know, you don't want to hurt, your, you don't team, hurt right. your people. Like, right. you know, you don't. Here's the thing: you only have 14 padded practices throughout the season, and you're talking about only being able to have one of those a week at most. So it's not like people are in pads being able to actually execute this. Yeah. You might walk it through. But actually having live game reps, that's not something that a lot of teams have experience with. Wait a second. Go back. 14 padded practices during the course of the season, that's it? That's it. Full, when you're saying that, that's full pads head to toe. 14 padded practices, yes. No, just even whether it's shoulder pads, just uppers, or full pads. you got 14 of those. Am I wrong to hear that and think that that seems insanely low for a football team? Well, I mean, that's the way of the world when it comes to today's NFL. Now, in training camp, it's different. You can have pads on however many times you want. Like, you just have to have the ramp-up period. But during the regular season, you've got 14 padded practices, and you can have no more than one padded practice per week. How do you actually get better? (laughs) The, The thing is not getting worse and not getting hurt. That's the key. Preserving that, your that, body. That it's it's a war of attrition in the NFL. Like that's the thing. It's such a physically taxing game. You don't want to kill your guys. You want to make sure that they're fresh. Now, how did you get better? It's by improving week to week. We wonder why these teams have such a slow start. Why there feels like there's so much parity. We got 12 two and two teams through the first quarter of the season. The reason why is because teams are still working on getting better. Teams are still improving. You don't know who a team is until we get to around Thanksgiving. That's when we separate the contenders from the pretenders. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that all, that all makes sense. But just from an outside perspective, you never really think of it that way. It makes way. no sense to me, honestly. Well, but, I mean, I understand what CeCe's saying yeah. about the physical demands. And you don't. You certainly don't want yeah. one of your players to get injured in practice. And I know, and, and you know, I'm sure, in covering and talking to guys like CeCe, Monday, your body feels terrible. Tuesday, you're resting. But you you don't even feel great by Sunday no. when you go to play again, but you want to put them in the best position possible to recover. Right, but you're doing, like, how I hear it is like, okay, so we're going to practice for a football game on Sunday, but we're not actually going to do anything outside of maybe one day a week that will resemble a football game on Sunday. Well, no, here, here's the thing. There's something to be gained from practicing even without pads. Like, I mean, guys got shells on, you got those spider pads, and you're running around, you get the speed, the execution, the timing of things. A lot of the game is centered around the quarterback and the passing game, so you have the opportunity to work on that stuff without pads. So it's not as if you can't get better, but when it comes to something like the tush push, this ain't something that you roll into in the regular season. You need to have been practicing it during training camp. You need to do it in the preseason just so your guys get comfortable with it and avoid what happened to the Giants on Monday night. And here's the thing. They can't afford to lose any quality offensive linemen. They were already down Andrew Thomas. And then second-round pick John Michael Schmitz ends up getting banged up and he's out of the game. You don't think Daniel Jones could have used that guy out there healthy for the entire game on on Monday night? Of course you could have. But this is the issue with the tush push. And I said it would come up if the NFL and the competition committee are going to address it. It's going to be because of player safety. It's not going to be because uh, it's a fait complete with the outcome that everybody knows where everybody converts on short yardage situations. William in Tampa, one of 19,000 maybe, uh, watching on the ESPN <laughs> app. What's up, William? Hey, what's up, fellas? Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about um, the game last night as a fan, from the fan point of view. Um, I mean, I, I went and I um, I bought tickets right behind the, the, the raised dugout. I brought three of my daughters, my grandson. We went into the, the store. We bought hats. We bought, you know, stuff to, to wear. We all psyched. 
we go out in the field and, and to our seats, and the game is, you know, about to start, and I'm looking around. I'm thinking, you know, where's everybody at? You know, now I'm telling my kids on the way there, you know, oh, this is going to be an amazing experience. This is going to be such a great time. We're going to have such a great – I mean, we get there, and you can hear crickets pr- practically. My grandson in the second inning was falling asleep. And wow. it's just amazing how, as a fan, we felt deflated. I can imagine a, a, a ball player coming out of the dugout, looking in, into the stands, and how they feel deflated that they don't have their support. That is just outrageous, you know, what's happening in Tampa with, with the Rays. Phenomenal call. Phenomenal Great call, call. I mean, it's amazing because then you see, conversely, the videos from the Phillies game, from right. the from the Twins game, and how it's rocking, and there's 12 people at the Rays but, game. But here's the thing. How much of that is on the organization for not investing in the park experience for their fans? Like, I get it. They've been in this back and forth with the city of Tampa about mm-hmm. what they're going to do with the mm-hmm. ballpark and, and trying to come to terms on a new stadium or a new ballpark. I get all of that. But how much of this is on the Tampa Bay Rays as an organization not investing in their fan experience at the park? I don't know, CeCe, because— They've been good. It's on baseball. There shouldn't be a team there. Yeah, that, that's, I agree. that's the, the bigger question. Part, the baseball X's and O's part of the organization is a phenomenal. Oh, great. outstanding. But the location, it should just not be there. I'm telling you what. We've seen this long enough. Whether the team poured into a certain fan base or not, wild horses couldn't keep them away. It doesn't really matter what the Twins ownership or the organization as a whole did. You don't think that Target Field was going to be you know, to the rafters last night. Everyone's so excited about that game. They showed up and they showed up because they care about the team and they take pride in their fandom. Target Field is a nice damn ballpark. Oh, though. it's that, an unbelievable but that's my, But that's ballpark. my point, though. That's my point. Have you seen the trop? Raising yeah. to higher Dion. Have you seen the trop? The Hire trop Dion. is awful. Yeah. The trop Dion. is awful. Awful. It's postseason baseball. I don't really care about the ballpark. I care about the team and the product on the field. Coming up, simply put, how you feeling? Next, ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is like any song that would be like your favorite song of all time oh, for people. So this is Chris Canty's favorite so song. Good. It's so good. What would NFL you do music. If we were cruising, like let's say we went on a remote show, okay? Yeah. We're all in the car, we're cruising mm-hmm. along, we're listening to uh, Young Jack, okay, or whatever. Yeah. All of a sudden, I get the aux, I change it, and this comes on in the car. What's your reaction? Uh, you know what? I got to be in the mode when it's football. We're talking about football, we're getting ready to watch football, but I don't think there's any better sound to <laughs> frame the game than this. Maybe if you want to go classic battle, old school NFL films with Steve Sable, like that that might be a, a close second to this one, but this is the best. This, eh, is, this wrong is football answer. music. What wrong answer. What you got? So you guys know, I just want to start conversation, start arguing. I don't care about winning arguments. This one, I care about winning. Whoa. What's this? Round ball rock John Tesh. Tell me you're not in your head on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon growing up watching the Jazz and the Rockets in the playoffs. NBA at 1 o'clock, yeah, I remember that on Sundays. Yeah, I remember that. That is the best. We can open this up right now. No, it's not better than this, It's the best sports music. No, 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 it's not. This is a bop right here. No, this is great. This is great. Wait, 888-SAY-ESPN if you want to chime in on the Dr. Pepper call online at Unsports ESPN if you want to tweet at us. The best sports music, I'm telling you, Round ball rock, John Tesh, NBA. CC is saying this. We will get your chime in on that and your response on that. But first, we got to do a little how you feeling. So I'm going to give you two a team. You're just going to give me your gut. How you feeling? Start with the Dolphins after their blowout loss against the Bills. How you feeling? I'm feeling like we got the perfect remedy to being embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills, and that's a game against the ultimate slump buster, the New York Giants. I mean, listen, the Giants' defense is bottom five in missed tackles and pressure percentage, and Miami is tops when it comes to yards after catch. Tua is, the, I think he's second in QBR behind Brock Purdy. So good luck trying to slow down this offense. They hung 70 on the Denver Broncos a couple of weeks ago. I would be shocked if the Miami Dolphins don't score 50 against the Giants on Sunday. Yeah, I still feel great about the Dolphins. I know it was a a beatdown by the Buffalo Bills, but the Bills are a really good team, and they are proving that they are still in the conversation to be the best team in that division. Now, you're right. They do have the perfect remedy in the Giants, followed up by the Panthers. I'll I'll really determine how I feel about the Dolphins that in three weeks when they play the Eagles. How do they show up versus the Eagles? That's when I'll really determine how I feel. But right now, great. All right, how are you feeling about the Jets staying in the AFC East? How are you feeling? I'm feeling like the Jets think they can get their lick back after the Broncos head coach Sean Payton popped off this offseason about their offensive coordinator and Daniel Hackett. A lot of the guys didn't like it, including Aaron Rodgers, who went on uh, the uh, NFL Network and, and, and roasted Payton for doing that, saying that it's unprofessional and that he didn't like the fact that he would punch down in the way that he did. Zach Wilson gave that team a reason to believe with the way that he played on Sunday night. If Zach can build on that against literally the worst defense in the NFL, which is the Broncos, then yeah, the Jets should be able to come out of Denver with a win. I don't, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I haven't felt this good about the Jets since the first four snaps of the season before they lost Aaron Rodgers. They should have beat the Chiefs. 
Zach Wilson played great. Yes, he had a costly mistake at the end, but he played better than any of us thought that he possibly could. And if they can't get motivated to go play the Denver Broncos, who aren't great, and their head coach had talked about Nathaniel Hackett and had some very pointed things to say about them, and they can't come out and win this game, then I will feel very bad about them. But right now, heading into this, I feel pretty good about Zach Wilson and the Jets. Their quarterback is hurt. Their coach is being mentioned in a way that he's never been mentioned before. How are you feeling about the Steelers? Steelers feeling like it's rivalry week. I mean, the records don't matter. Kenny Pickett's injury doesn't matter. Like, these teams, when they get together, it's going to be a low-scoring physical affair. It's the best rivalry in all of football, and I've had a chance to be a part of it for three years. And here's the thing. That's Steelers-Ravens, by the way. Steelers-Ravens, absolutely. I mean, the last five matchups between these two teams, they've been one-possession games with the winner scoring 20 points or less, and the Steelers are 4-1 and in those games. Nobody can muck up a game and win like Mike Tomlin. So if you're Pittsburgh – This is the game that you want after you have an underwhelming performance against the Houston Texans. You're saying that you feel that way even though Kenny Pickett is dealing with a bone bruise, regardless of what his situation is. Quarterbacks don't matter. These games are always going to be one way. They're going to be physical. They're going to be low scoring. And how could you not feel good about Mike Tomlin in said game? Wait, I want to be clear. Quarterbacks don't matter in the Steelers-Ravens rivalry because it's all about the nastiness. Yes, absolutely. I just want to be clear on that. Because you just said quarterbacks don't matter. No, and I'm saying I'm saying with this game, quarterbacks yeah. don't matter. That's an amazing. That Still, that's amazing. The, that's I don't think we would nasty. ever say quarterbacks don't matter. The, the, la- the last five games, the winner has scored twenty points or less. Like that, that's what it is. Like I think the, eight, the Ravens are averaging twenty points, and, and the Steelers are averaging nineteen points in the Tomlin Harbaugh. It's the most things. physical yeah. rivalry. I would say Seattle and San Francisco for a minute with Harbaugh and Carroll. Yeah, they had that level of physicality. Yeah. But nothing historically. And they know each other. This is the 34th time these two head coaches have faced off against each other. All right. How are you feeling about the Packers? Man, the Packers got to get a win before a bye week. Their bye week is in week five. They have to get a win. Like, primetime didn't go so well for them last time against the Detroit Lions. Like, this is an opportunity against the Raiders, a team that's struggling to find their way as well. On a Monday night football stage, they got to find a way to get a dub. They've got to find a way to build confidence. And again, this Raiders team, worst turnover margin in the NFL. Like, outside of scoring points, the biggest differentiator when we look at stats is turnover margin. If your team has a bad turnover margin, you're not going to win a lot of football games. That is the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's why the Packers absolutely have to get a win. Absolutely. You need to quell those early season concerns that we've had about Jordan Love. We've been very high and low, roller coaster of emotions with Jordan Love. They need to come out and beat the Raiders for sure. How are you feeling about the Texans, who may have the coach of the year so far in D'Amico Ryans? I would say it's Todd Bowles, but you got to put him in there as well in Ryan. Yeah, and they may have the offensive rookie of the year in C.J. Stroud. If I'm the Texans, I'm feeling like I nailed my pick at quarterback. Yeah. Thank you very much, Carolina Panthers, who had the number one overall pick you let the best quarterback in the draft fall to me and right now he's probably playing quarterback better than anybody in the division including Trevor Lawrence I'm not saying CJ Stroud is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence what I am saying is CJ Stroud is top five in passing yards and yards per attempt he's got six touchdowns and no interceptions we don't see rookies have that kind of four game stretch to start their career so C.J. Stroud looks pretty good. The Texans' offense is a top-10 outfit. They're doing pretty good. And there's no reason to think that this team won't have something to say about a division where everybody is 2-2. Two and two. 
If I'm a Texans fan heading into this season, results don't really matter. I know I'm not a Super Bowl contender. All I need to know is that C.J. Stroud is the guy. And up until this point, he certainly feels like he's the guy. So if I'm a Texans fan, I'm feeling pretty good. The only counter I would have is when we say results don't matter for a team like the Texans and the Panthers, I agree with you. It's about quarterback development, but neither of them have their pick. So results matter if you end up with the number one pick in the draft and he's not your guy, and then all of a sudden you're giving. Like, Stroud, there doesn't seem to be any question. Bryce Young, it's too early to have any kind of doubts, but... His physicality and his size is something that he can never get over. Well, here's what I'll say about the Texans. They still have a first-rounder from the Cleveland Browns because the Sean Watson trade is the, tra- is the trade that keeps giving. <laughs> so they still have a first-round pick. And here's the thing, that pick for the Texans – Probably not as good as what the Arizona Cardinals thought it would be coming into this season. So if you could change the culture, and we talk so much about culture, if you can change the culture and create a better environment for your face of the franchise quarterback to develop, why wouldn't you? That's exactly what they did when they got C.J. Stroud and they got Will Anderson at the top of the draft this past year. The ripple effects from that Deshaun Watson deal are so massive. I think more so for Cleveland of course. doesn't work out. Ooh, totally. the, but at the rest of the league and the quarterback contracts, yep. I'll just add one other thing about the Texans. Thank God for them that they got it right. Because you had Nick Cazario, who was running that team. You hired David Cully for a year, fired him. You hired Lovey Smith for a year, fired him. The fact that you get to hire a third NFL head coach is unheard of. This one feels like it's clearly going to work. 888-SAY-ESPN is your number to be a part of the show on the Unsportsmanlike Nation with Dr. Pepper. Call in line about the sports music, the best sports theme. CC is saying it's that NFL films theme. I'm going with the round ball rock NBA, uh, NBC back in the day. Also, by the way, the the NHL, um, the hockey one that's we have my on pick. ESPN. ESPN NHL music. That's a good one, nails. too. Baseball Tonight one is a good so one. we got good. a lot of good ones. Coming up, which quarterbacks have you completely lost confidence in? We'll get to that next Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPNU. ESPN Radio, all of our great stations across the country, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. By the way, there's a uh, behind-the-scenes theme developing here on the show today that I am fascinated by. Before we get into the quarterback that you've lost confidence in, which we're going to get to in a second, Pat Costello, one of our producers, is a huge Philly fan. He's all pumped up about the idea of maybe Philly closing out the Marlins tonight. Of course, you'll hear all the games here on ESPN Radio. And he's been going back and forth in the breaks to us. Should I go? Should I not go? Should I go? Should I not go? What do we think about this? He should go. He go should to go. the game. It's a lot yeah. of it's money. Join, join his people. Okay. Absolutely. He should go? I, I, I would have He won't ser- sleep for, I would have for our se- show. Well, that's, that's what I was okay. about to say. I would have serious doubts that he'd be able to make it back in time and be fully functioning tomorrow morning when we're doing the show. So why is this night different than any other night? Well, that's a great oh. point. That's He's got to go, though. Ouch. It's postseason yeah. baseball. Listen, I'm not even a <laughs> Phillies fan, and I had FOMO watching the game last night. I wanted to be on Citizens Bank Park. 
So I don't. I can't even imagine how Pat feels. Pat, you need to just go. Just think, buy the ticket and go. I think I'm going to do it. Think I'm going to use our, our good friends over at Vivid Seats and uh, purchase a hot ticket there. You know, there, there you go. go. Oh. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, Bang. the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Great deals and the hottest tickets, like the Phillies tonight against the Marlins. Experience it live. Amber Wilson, by the way, not happy with me. Uh, and she, uh, Amber and I are friends, but she is right. I understand why she's feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could hear her at night with uh, Ian Fitzsimmons on the East Coast and during the day on the West Coast, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time here on ESPN Radio at Amber W Sports. She tweets, yo, at FK Radio. Tampa doesn't deserve a baseball team, and Amber lives in that area. It was very clear on Unsports ESPN. The only person defending the Rays fans was the only person who's been to the trap at Chris Canty 99. Terrible place. Yeah. Right. Okay, but it's not a great place to go watch a game. I don't care if the Cardinals are playing in a barn in an empty field. If it's postseason baseball, my butt is in the seat. The barn with the empty field is better than the trap. I don't care. It's better. I don't care. It matters. I'm just, I'm just saying. It in actually order, doesn't in, matter. In, no, it does matter. In order to get people to pay their hard-earned money to actually go watch a game, you need to invest in the in-game experience, the in-park experience. Otherwise, they're just going to stay at home and watch it. It's not that they don't like the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays have given them a lot of reasons to be locked into what the team is doing. But if the stadium is garbage, and that's essentially what we're talking about with the Trop, then why am I going to pay money to actually go? Fair. And I, by the way, I, I will say this very quickly. I understand why Amber is defensive about this because I feel this way a lot about like when people rip on Heat fans and I'm like, well, have you ever gone? Because that building's popping all the time and it's great when people go. Yeah, like 15 minutes into the game. See, see what you just did? I'm have, just you, saying, have you been to a Heat game? I have been. Okay. I was well. like, where is everybody? And okay. I was told in Miami they show up late. They're Everybody's right. behind you because you're sitting courtside. So I yeah, I mean. Oh, I'm yeah. Not, I've never sat courtside. I have never sat courtside. It's on my bucket list. It's on my bucket list. I've never done it. I'm the only person at this desk who hasn't sat courtside. Okay, so here's let's do this. Let's come up. Each of us have to have a quarterback that we've lost some confidence in over the course of the season, okay? And we're going to throw some out there, but I want to kind of put this out there, and I have to own this. I've lost confidence in Mac Jones. Not fully. I'm not out. But as a Pats fan, I've lost confidence because the two things that I thought he was good at, decision-making and accuracy, I don't think he's good at either one of them right Mm -hmm. now. And I understand that people, including our very own RG3, Robert Griffin III, on ESPN's Get Up, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time, on ESPN with Greeny, before Greeny's radio show here on ESPN Radio at 10 a.m. Eastern, um, thinks maybe it's other people's fault about Mac Jones. Let's take a listen to what RG3 had to say. This comes down to coaching. In year two, Preach. Bill Belichick messed up his young quarterback. Huh? When you give him a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator as his offensive coordinator, yep. and now he's on his third coordinator in three years in the NFL, that is, to me, the epitome of a coaching malpractice. Yeah. And Bill Belichick's one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. He's arguably the greatest coach of all time in NFL history. But he really overthought this, and it's hurt Mac Jones permanently, in my opinion. Yeah, he may be right. Uh, I also don't think that Mac has helped himself through this process. CC, is there a quarterback you look around the league and say, "Boy, I've lost confidence." Well, in this I guy. mean, there are some obvious ones, right? Desmond Ritter, Mac Jones, a lot of the young quarterbacks that we were in, on the fence about. I, I just don't know if they're going to actually round into form. The quarterback that coming into this year, I thought had an opportunity to show and prove what he was all about. 
It's Derek Carr with the New Orleans Saints. Ooh, interesting. Derek Carr with the New Orleans Saints. You looked at that division and you said, you know, this guy has a top 10 defense. That defense has been in the top 10, I think, three or four out of the last five years. They've been really, really good. Dennis Allen, I understand, unproven head coach. But Derek Carr, out of the dysfunction that was the Las Vegas Raiders, finally getting to a competent organization that's had success, that's been to conference championship games, that's been to a Super Bowl. Maybe, just maybe, Derek Carr can show to people that he's a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the National Football League. Now, I get it. He's hurt, and you shouldn't kick a man when he's down. But looking at the NFC South, it feels like one of those divisions that nobody wants to win. And I look up and I see the Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning it. Stop yourselves. This should have been the Saints division to dominate because they had a competent quarterback in Derek Carr. They have the supporting cast with all of the receivers, a rock-solid offensive line, and a championship-caliber defense. There was literally no excuse why Derek Carr could not have success and get back to the postseason in New Orleans. And now it feels like one of those other things that's popping up. With this injury being the latest one of them, it feels like Derek Carr – is is never really going to live up to what people thought he could be out of the guise of the Raiders organization. And that's probably the biggest disappointment for me. Yeah, we always talked about what a good leader he was. Yeah. He was underrated. He was going to a division and, and, where and he listen, and, I can't, and I can't take that away from him. When he had the whole John Gruden mess a couple of years ago, I'm not going to take that the away Henry from Ruggs him. Henry Ruggs tragedy. I'm Absolutely. not going to take that away from Derek Carr. But it but feels separate. But it no, but feels like it's we, never going to happen for Derek not. Carr. He's giving you it enough. feels like it's never going to happen. He's fine. He's fine. He's a fine quarterback. That that's about as far as I can go on that. Yeah, he's fine. You know, it's like all right. You like that food? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have that. Like if I went out to dinner, but like it's fine for lunch. Like he, he's like, <laughs> the, like the, he's like the food that's it's in the press bread. box when you're calling the games. Yeah, in the stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> See, you guys. Okay, now we're gonna go here. You guys hate on the free food in the press box. You have to understand, people like me, we eat everything in that press <laughs> if box. If it's free, it's me. That's your mentality. Like when when I would cover University of Wisconsin football games and they'd order pizza between yeah. the third and the fourth quarter, and I'd be sitting there eating it during the jump around, and I would be like shaking, and you'd feel like the press box oh, would fall apart. Wow. Oh, it's so great. I'm a food snob. I mean. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna. I love to eat. Don't get Did me wrong. Did you eat during games? No, no, no. I didn't eat during games. Well, preseason games when I'm no longer playing. But anyway, <laughs> listen. I'm a food snob. If it's not worth the calories, I'm not gonna eat it. So just because you have pizza, yeah. I'm not gonna have it if it's terrible pizza. If the crust tastes like cardboard, I'm not doing it. Let me tell you, if I have to be there pregame at like 2:30 p.m. and I'm gonna be there until 11:30 p.m. and all you have is stale popcorn and congealed cheese on bad nachos, it's not a good day for your girl. <sighs> You're gonna eat it though. No, I'm, oh, I'm saying. About to say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah, going to eat it. But guess what? If the, if the team performs bad and I'm hangry, that's a problem for you. Yeah, that's a great point. That's mm. a great point. Does anybody have that popcorn and nachos <laughs> that we can have? <laughs> Coming up next. No way. The Steelers actually move on from Mike Tomlin, right? 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 Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.